When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 46 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Jack Benny started out playing violin on the vaudeville circuit and went on to become one of the greatest entertainers in American film, TV, and radio. Both his long-running TV and radio programs were considered extremely influential on the sitcom genre, with his radio show running for 23 years from 1932 to 1955, and his TV show ran for 15 years from 1950 to 1965. Benny's comedic timing and his ability to cause laughter with pregnant pauses and a single expression were infamous. Benny portrayed himself as a tightwad who played the violin poorly, and he always claimed to be 39 years old. Fortunately for old-time radio lovers like ourselves, hundreds of his radio shows have survived to this day. Now sit back and enjoy the March 3, 1940, and the June 25, 1939 broadcasts of the Jack Benny Program. J-E-L-L-O! The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Little Girl. One way to define an ideal dessert, ladies and gentlemen, is to say it's something you look forward to with eagerness and look back upon with satisfaction. Yes, that's one way, but an even better way is simply to say Jell-O, because Jell-O is really tops for topping off a meal. It's a grand-looking dessert, one that sets off a table in first-rate style, a gay, glistening dessert radiant with jewel-like colors, the most tempting and attractive treat you ever laid eyes on. And what a swell taste. A top-notch, tantalizing flavor, extra rich, as inviting as the juicy, ripe fruit itself. So tomorrow, friends, try a delightful Jell-O dessert in any one of Jell-O's six famous flavors. Ask your grocer for Jell-O by name. For Jell-O is a trademark, the property of General Foods. And those big red letters on the box are your assurance of the highest quality and that delicious Jell-O flavor. by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're back in Hollywood after enjoying the winter sports at Yosemite. So without further ado, we bring you our master of ceremonies, that outdoor man with an indoor body, Jack Benny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, if you're referring to that little incident when I hurt my leg skiing in Yosemite, you're not being very fair. I'm a very good skier, but after all, accidents will happen. Well, Jack, if you're such a good skier, how come the very first day you started down the hill, you had your skis on backwards? Don, did you ever hear that expression, doing it the hard way? <laughs> I mean, anybody can go down a hill frontward. Oh, uh, then I must have misunderstood the whole thing. I thought you made a mistake and didn't know what you were doing. Oh, no, Don, no. Then I'm sorry, Jack, and I apologize. I object. Well, if it isn't Livingston, the D.A. <laughs> what are you objecting to, Mary? I object to that big fib you just told Don Wilson. If you're such an expert skier, how come you didn't even know how to stop? Well? Well, the first thing you did was crash right through the ski house. It could have been a publicity stunt, you know. <laughs> 
Go on. You don't know any more about skiing than you do about spending money. Spending money? You do that the hard way, too. <laughs> all right, Mary, all right. My skiing accident is over. I lived through it, so let's forget it. Now, listen, Jackson, I don't want to butt in, but that accident was nobody's fault but your own. You had no business getting on a pair of skis in the first place. Uh, do I hear a voice from the cornfield? <laughs> What was that, Phil? I said the whole thing was your own fault. Oh, it was. Certainly. It never would have happened if you weren't such a show-off. I'm a show-off. Listen, Phil, you're calling me a show-off is equivalent to Tommy Manville telling an owl it stays up too late. <laughs> and furthermore, I'm not interested in your diagnosis of my accident. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. How's your leg? It's much better, thanks, but it still hurts a little. Every once in a while, I feel a twitch of pain there. How can you tell where your accident stops and rheumatism begins? <laughs> now, wait a minute, Mary. If I've got rheumatism, how is it I'm such a good skier? I'm not going through that again. You bet you won't. Well, Dennis, are you glad to be back home? Yeah, I'm as happy as a lark. Oh, he's always happy. <laughs> well, I regard that as a virtue. I'm glad that somebody is contented around here. There's nothing wrong with me that a raise wouldn't cure. <laughs> There he goes with that raise again. All that guy thinks of is money. Women and money. Well, I never got one in a box of Cracker Jack. Neither did I, but let's forget it. Well, tell me, Dennis, did you enjoy our little vacation at Yosemite? I sure did, Mr. Benny, and I want to thank you very much for treating us to the trip. That's all right, Dennis. Yes, Jack, it was a grand gesture on your part. That's okay, Don. It was a pleasure. You and Dennis have acted like gentlemen, and you've always spoken very nicely of me. Therefore, I was glad to pay for your trip. I'm sincere, so I get hooked. Book? Yes, I think it was a pretty cheap trick for you to pay everybody else's expenses and leave me out Oh, you do? Sure, that vacation cost me over a hundred bucks All right, Phil, I'll tell you what I'll do Just give me an itemized bill of all your expenses in Yosemite, food, room, and everything And I'll be only too happy to reimburse you Oh, Jackson, you're kidding If I'm not, may the roof fall on me <laughs> You've got a nerve expecting me to pay your expenses after the way you acted. There I was flat on my back in bed, and you were out every day with a nurse. Well, she was a cute kid. I don't care if she was Ann Sheridan. She was supposed to rub my back. Gee, Mr. Benny, would Ann Sheridan rub your back? I wish I knew and pay attention. <laughs> I was talking about Miss Kelly, my alleged nurse. I think she did pretty well, considering that she had to work 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day? Why, didn't he have a night nurse? No, Jack hired a girl with insomnia. <laughs> well, she certainly wasn't on the job in the daytime. She was out with Phil Harris every minute. By the way, Jackson, I had a letter from her this morning. Really? Well, I'm glad you finally met a girl that can write. <laughs> did she, uh, did she say anything about me? Yeah, she told me to be sure and say hello to Grapes or Wrath. <laughs> well, that's very, very clever. And, Phil, when you answer her letter, be sure to give her my regards and tell her that as a nurse, she doesn't know an aspirin tablet from a manhole cover. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend her to my worst enemy. Your worst enemy? Who's that, Jack? Well, Don, take the name Edgar Allan Poe, remove the Edgar and the Poe, add Fred, and boil for ten minutes. <laughs> Now, look, fellas, we've got other things to do tonight, so let's settle down and eliminate all references to our vacation. How about a song, Dennis? Are you all set? Yeah, I got a swell number, Mr. Benny, called Make Love with a Guitar. Oh, yes, that's a very good song, Make Love with a Guitar. You know, when I was a young fellow, I used to serenade the girls myself. Only instead of playing a guitar, I played my violin. And instead of girls, you got pennies from heaven. <laughs> that's so. Well, I, all I know, Mary, everybody in Waukegan used to call me the sheep. Sure, you lived in a tent. I lived in a house. <laughs> Where I live. <laughs> Go ahead with your song, Dennis. Okay. Oh, by the way, Jack, I knew I had something to ask you. Uh, did you go to the Motion Picture Academy Award dinner Thursday night? Uh, yes, Don. Mary and I attended, and it was a grand affair. Go ahead, Dennis. Well, Jack, weren't you disappointed that you didn't get the award for the outstanding performance? Disappointed? Why, no, Don. Go ahead with your song, Dennis. Now, come on, Jackson. <laughs> Look, Jackson, weren't you just a little bit jealous? 
Me jealous? What are you talking about? He's talking about the Academy Award dinner Thursday night. You should have seen him, fella. Dennis, are you going to sing or not? Boy, was Jack burned up. He nearly... Dennis, what are you waiting for? Sing. Jack was so mad, I thought... Sing, Dennis, for heaven's sake. Okay, Mr. Benny. Come here a minute, young lady. I want to talk to you. On my guitar, I strike a chord like this. It always brings a kiss. I never miss. Speaking of love, you can go very far, no matter who you are, if you play a guitar. Make love. If you should meet her, sweet senorita, romance with a guitar, and when you find her, the strings will bind her, make love with a guitar. Always the right time, daylight or night time. Oh, she'll not withstand it. And as I planned it, she'll say I love you. the guitar sung by Dennis Day. And very good, Dennis. That was one of your best numbers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as a special offering and for the feature attraction of our program, tonight we are going to present one of the out... <laughs> Mary, I warned you. Uh, tonight we are going to present one of the outstanding plays. All right, Jackson, come clean. What happened Thursday night at the banquet? Phil, I'm trying to introduce our play. Uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the outstanding... I'm curious, too. What happened, Mary? Well, fellas, it was like this. Oh. Jack took me to the Academy Award dinner, and on the way over, he was so nervous and fidgety, he nearly drove me crazy. Well, of course I was nervous. We were late. Late? We got there so early, the head waiter gave Jack a box of silverware and told him to set the table. (laughs) I didn't do it, did I? Anyway, getting back to our play... What were you so nervous about, Jack? I'm coming to that. He asked me. Well, fellas, you know Jack. As usual, he thought he was going to win the Academy Award. For what? Acting? Don't be so surprised. Why, that's silly, Jackson. Even before the banquet, everybody knew it was a toss-up between Jimmy Stewart and Robert Donat. All right, Phil. Didn't you ever hear of a dark horse? Oh, Rochester. (laughs) I don't mean Rochester. I mean me. (laughs) Tough luck, Benny. That's who I mean. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, all the stars got there, and during the dinner, Jack ran around like a regular politician, shaking hands with everybody and passing out cigars. Well, there's nothing wrong with passing out cigars. You didn't have to give one to Betty Davis. <laughs> Well, I was excited. Sure you were excited. And here's the payoff, fellas. Oh. When the dinner was over and they announced that Robert Donat was the winner, Jack got up and yelled, You can't do this to me! <laughs> well, I told you I was nervous. Anyway, I sat right down, didn't I? Not until someone hit you in the face with an artichoke. <laughs> that was a Brussels sprout and I didn't even feel it. <laughs> Artichoke, you have to exaggerate everything. Anyway, folks, as I started to... But, Jack, getting back to the award, I can't understand uh, what you objected to in the decision. 
because I don't think Robert Donat deserves that statue as much as I do. What are you talking about? Did you see Goodbye, Mr. Chip? Yes, but I don't remember him in it. <laughs> well, I don't. You're the kind of a guy that would visit Niagara Falls and not remember the water. Well, let me tell you something about Goodbye, Mr. Chip, Mary. I just wish I had a chance to play that kind of a role, that's all. Hey, Mr. Benny, I didn't see that picture. Would the part really fit you? Like a glove. <laughs> you know, Dennis, it's a story about an English schoolmaster, and we follow his career. First he's young, then middle-aged. Then he gradually becomes older and older and older. And finally he's a white-haired, wrinkled old man sitting by the fireplace. That's where the glove fits. <laughs> All right, now listen, fellas, let's change the subject and forget about this year's Academy Award. First thing you know, people will think it's a case of sour grapes on my part. Now, getting back to our play... Pardon me, Jack. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of sour grapes, I would like to announce that Jell-O does not come in that particular flavor. Well... However, it does come in six other flavors, and you will find each one of them tempting, economical, and easy to make. So go to your neighborhood grocer and insist on genuine Jell-O. Look for the big red letters on the box. Very good, Don. Allow me to congratulate you. That was not only brilliant, but obvious. And now, ladies and gentlemen, getting back to our play, tonight we are going to present something entirely different and away from our usual sketches. However, before we begin, I'd like to explain... Oh, who is it? Come in. Well, look who's here, fellas. Hiya, Buck, remember me? Andy. Well, Andy, it's about time you showed up. Gosh, you've been away a long time. Yep, about two months. Had a lot of fun, though. Oh, that's right. You were out playing vaudeville. How'd you do, Andy? How was business? Well, Buck, I was the biggest thing since Power's Elephant. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, Andy, because I'd like to go back on the road again myself and play those good old four-a-days. I got a great idea for your act, Jack. What? You start out as a young man and the audience gets older and older and older. <laughs> Don't worry, I'd entertain them. Well, tell me, Andy, what sort of a routine did you do? Well, I sang songs and told some jokes and all that sophisticated stuff. Well, I'll bet, huh? And then for a wind-up, Ma, Pa, and me would come out and do an Adagio act. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. You mean to say you and your Pa would throw your Ma around in the air, huh? uh, Not only that, he'd catch her blindfolded. Blindfolded? Yeah, he couldn't stand the sight of her in those pink lights. <laughs> Oh, well, I, uh, I'd i like to have seen that myself. Say, that must have been pretty dangerous for your maw. Didn't your paw ever miss her? Every show, Buck. That was our big finish. <laughs> Say, that, that must have been surefire, and I'm glad you did so well. Well, stick around, Andy. We're going to put on a little play right after Phil's number. Maybe we can find a part for you in it. Uh, sorry, Buck. i got to run along now. i got a blonde and a brunette waiting for me down the car. Oh, two girls, eh? No, just one, and you ought to see her. <laughs> I'd like to. Well, so long, Andy. So long, everybody. So long, everybody. Doggone, Andy sure gets a kick out of life. Well, Phil, now that I feel good again, let's hear a number and we'll do our play right after it. Okay, huh? Jackson. Is there anything special you'd like from our large repertoire? Large repertoire? Phil, you never played anything that was over three feet away from Dipsy Doodle. <laughs> so get in the groove. Hold it a minute. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Take it, Mary. Hey, buddy, got change for a half? Only two quarters. That won't help you. <laughs> We never get to that. Hmm. Well, I'm glad he finally got a job. Uh, who's the wire from, Mary? It's from your father, Miami Beach. From Dad, eh? What does he say? Huh? He says that my dear son Jack received your letter saying you were going to win the Academy Award. The newspapers here got it all wrong. <laughs> Poor Dad, he'll be so disappointed. Uh, wait, there's more. Oh. Congratulations, and I'm very anxious to see your new picture, Mr. Chip Rides Again. <laughs> He means Buck Benny. Let me have that, Mary. I'll answer it. Play, Phil. 
Gosh, how will I ever tell Dad? I've Got My Eyes on You, played by Phil Harrison as orchestra. And Phil, that number was vaguely familiar. Didn't you play it a few weeks ago? I don't know. Hey, Eddie, did we ever play that number before? I don't know. Hey, Bill, did we ever play that number before? I don't know. Hey, Sam! Never mind! <laughs> I was just asking. No use going through the whole orchestra. Not that important. I think, Phil, you ought to be a little bit careful about repeating band numbers so soon, that's all. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Well, I don't remember whether we played it before or not. It bothers me. Me too. Me too. Cut it out. <laughs> you know, Phil, if your boys would worry more about their music ahead of time instead of spending all week at the Santa Anita racetrack, we'd be a lot better off. What do you mean? Well, I went out to the track yesterday, and there they were, every one of them, including your guitar player. <laughs> what a pest he is. Who, oh, Frankie? He used to be a tout. Used to be. <laughs> he used to be a tie. He's got more information now than Clifton Fatima. <laughs> Every race he'd come around and say, play this horse, play that horse. Well, you know how frank he is. He gets enthusiastic, that's all. Phil, I don't object to enthusiasm, but those tips he hands out. Yesterday in the big race... Okay, yesterday in the big race, he insisted that I play heel fly. He said, I'm so sure of that horse that if he don't win, I'll kill myself. Well, what about it? I lost $2, and I don't see any lily in his hand. <laughs> I can't stand a welcher. <laughs> no, sir. Well, Jack, you certainly don't expect a fellow to kill himself just because he gave you a bad tip, do you? No, but he could cut his finger or something, and so he was prepared. Some little gesture. You know, Jack, a guy like you should stay away from the races. You don't have any fun there. Listen, Mary, there's nobody that enjoys a hot dog and a little fresh air more than I do. I mean, you can't stand to lose. Well, naturally, six races in a row is just a little too much. No kidding, Jack. Did you really lose six straight races yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Jack was so mad that instead of tearing up his tickets at the track, he took them home and ran them to the meat grinder. <laughs> Darn right I did. Well, so much for Santa Anita. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as I started to announce, for our feature attraction this evening, we are going to present, if possible, a dramatic version of one of the outstanding... Well, I give up. Come in. Hello. Hello. Look, miss, I'm very busy, and I, I Oh, don't... hello, Gracie. Jack, it's Gracie Allen. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Don. Hello. Hello, beautiful. Hello, Gracie. Oh, fine. <laughs> Gracie, you're the only one in the world that thinks Phil Harris is beautiful. Oh, yeah, and so do I. Oh. 
Well, Gracie, it was nice of you to drop in, but we have a play to do, and we haven't much time. What brought you up here tonight? Well, I don't know. When I hitchhike, I never ask their names. <laughs> I see. Well, if you'll excuse me, oh, I'll... Oh, Jack. What? Jack, did you know I'm running for president? President? Oh, yes, I heard about it. Where's George? Well, he's out digging up worms so I can go fishing. Oh. <laughs> Look, Gracie, Gracie, I'll be through in a few minutes, so if you'll well, just... I, I just came up here to ask you, Jack, if you'll vote for me. Well, are you nominated? No, no, I just think to be sociable. Well, <laughs> that I don't understand at all. Now, if you don't mind, Gracie, look, now, I... Now, how about you, Mary? Will you vote for me, Don? What's he talking about? I'll be glad to. Me too. So you've thrown your hat in the ring, huh, Gracie? Oh, yes, and it was adorable. I paid thirty-seven fifty for it at Bullock's Grocery. Oh. No. <laughs> Did you really? I think the hats they're wearing this year are so much better than last year. Don't you, Gracie? Oh, yes. I, I like the hat I got on even better than on my head. Well, it's more becoming. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Look, girls, girls, you can discuss all... I just said you. Oh, Gracie, it's stunning. Oh, it's just a little thing I'm going to wear around the White House. <laughs> Look, <laughs> girls, girls, you can discuss all this later. We're very busy. Hey, Jackson, come to think of it, we did play that number three weeks ago. That's right. That's right. That's right. Forget about it. Now, look, Gracie, I'm glad you're running for president, and we'll be very happy to vote for you. But well, right you now, know, look... You know, I've got my own party, the surprise party. Oh. Well... And I, I was thinking that maybe you could get me a lot of votes from your hometown, Waukegan. Waukegan? Well, I haven't lived in Waukegan for ten years. Oh, well, then maybe they'd be glad to do you a favor. Gracie. <laughs> Gracie, listen to me, will you? The election isn't until fall, and we'll all vote for you. Now, don't annoy us anymore. We've got our own show to do. Goodbye. Well, goodbye. And give my regards to George. Oh, I will. You know, George will be pretty busy after I'm president. Yeah, you mean between writing a column and flying to Seattle. I know. <laughs> I know all about it. Huh? Imagine My Day by George Burns. <laughs> that ought to be something. What's well, so along, Gracie? Goodbye. Well, goodbye. Well, if I'm going to be elected, I've got to run out now and make some speeches. Yeah, and perhaps kiss babies, huh? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Come here, Phil. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, that's my baby. Goodbye. That's about the silliest thing I ever heard. Gracie Allen running for president. Wouldn't it be funny if she were elected president next year? It sure would. And you won the Academy Award? Oh, quiet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a little announcement to make. <laughs> this evening, for our feature attraction, we were going to do Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. But inasmuch as we only have a few minutes left, we will change it to Mr. Smith Goes to Glendale. <laughs> now, in this abbreviated version, I will play the part... Oh, nuts. Let it ring. In our abbreviated version, I will play the part... <laughs> Oh. Answer it, Jack. Mr. Smith went to bed. You might as well. You try to do something high class. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester. Well, you'll have to call me later. We only got a short time left. We have a play to do. Okay, boss, but they're at it again. Hot and heavy. So long. Wait a minute. Wait, you mean to say Carmichael and Trudy are having another scrap? Uh-huh. My goodness, Rochester. I told you to keep that polar bear and ostrich separated. Is it much of a fight? Tune in. We're broadcasting it. <laughs> Nothing to get funny about. Now, tell me exactly what happened. Well, I was in the kitchen when I heard a noise, and I ran into the living room. Yes? And apparently, Carmichael had run the vacuum cleaner over Trudy. Apparently? What do you mean, apparently? Well, the bag is full of feathers, and she ain't. <laughs> For heaven's sake. For heaven's sake, Rochester, why didn't you take the vacuum cleaner away from Carmichael? I ain't the finance company. I don't mean that. Anyway, the whole thing is your own fault. In the first place, Carmichael is supposed to be locked up in the garage. What was he doing in the house? I brought him in to help me wipe the dishes. Are you crazy? The last time you did that, he broke four plates. Well, he established a new high today. <laughs> what? He broke everything but that big meat platter. Oh, my goodness. He broke everything. <laughs> 
Now, look, Rochester, I've had just about enough. And you're going to pay for all the damage that's been done in the living room and the kitchen. It's coming out of your salary. That old refrain. <laughs> Never mind. Now, you separate those animals and keep them quiet. I'll be home in a little while. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. What? I see where Robert Donut won the Academy Award this year. I know, I know. Should I go out and buy a statue for that shelf you built? <laughs> Never mind. There's always another year. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. J-E-L-L-O The Jell-O program, coming to you from Waukegan, Illinois, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens a program with Man About Town from the picture of the same name. The other day, walking along the streets, I stopped to look in the windows of a grocery store, and I was thinking how attractive the cool, fresh fruit looked piled up in heaps. Well, you know, one of the best ways to serve fresh fruits is to combine them with Jell-O. Jell-O is delicious, served with fresh strawberries, with circles of orange, or with sliced bananas. And it makes an ideal hot weather dessert, cool, inviting, and satisfying. For Jell-O brings you that delicious, extra-rich flavor. The flavor is appetizing and refreshing as the fresh, ripe fruit itself. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. All six flavors are extra rich, and all six colors are extra gay in summary. Just be sure of one thing. Be sure to get genuine Jell-O when you buy, and don't accept any substitutes. Look up any substitutes. Look up any substitutes. Look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells a treat. And now, ladies and gentlemen, greetings from Waukegan. Our last broadcast of the season is coming to you from the stage of the Genesee Theater in Waukegan, Illinois. Yes, sir. Jello again, folks. Please, Jack, wait till I introduce you. Oh, pardon me, I'm nervous. On a certain Valentine's Day many years ago, a stork flew over this fair city and dropped a little bundle of joy. <laughs> and who do you think this bundle was? Uh, Jello again. This Jack, ja will you please wait a minute? Don, who was born here, you or me? <laughs> For heaven's sake. So, without further ado, I bring you that local boy who surprised everybody by making good, Jack Benny! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hello again. This is Bundle Benny talking. And it's about time. Gosh, Don, I've been so thrilled and excited the last few days that, well, really, I don't know where I'm at or what I'm doing. Well, I Woo! can certainly appreciate that. <laughs> you look it. <laughs> well, you know, Don, I spent the last four days just renewing old acquaintances and visiting all my old hangouts. What a time I've been having. Well, who'd you see, Jack? Oh, everybody. Ollie Imerman, Stubb Wilbur, Cliff Gordon. And yesterday, I dropped into Bobby O'Farrell's pool room. I haven't seen Bobby in 15 years. Hey, I'll bet he was thrilled to death. Was he? Why, the minute I walked in, he said to me, Jack, will you ever forget the day you were showing off and you ripped a hole in the cloth on the billiard table? <laughs> I said, I sure do, Bob. And he said, that'll be $3. Oh. <laughs> oh, he was just tickled to death. And how? Oh, uh, by the way, Jack, did you see that pal of yours that you're always talking about, uh... Oh, you know, the fellow that runs the clothing store. Oh, you mean Julius, Julius Senekin. That's the fellow. Was he glad to see you? Glad to see me? 
Don, when I walked into a store, there were tears in his eyes as he jumped over the counter, threw his arms around me and said, Yes, sir, what can I do for you? <laughs> Before I got out of there, I had three Palm Beach suits and a raccoon coat. <laughs> he must have been kidding, you know. Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. How's the Waukegan kid? Oh, I'm swell, Phil. Have you been having a good time? I'll say, but you know what happened last night, Jack? No, what? Well, a bunch of us fellas were sitting up in my hotel room, just huh? sitting in my room, and yeah. we were singing and laughing and making a lot of noise, and the first thing you know, a couple of cops came up and took us to the Hoosgow. Took you to the Hoosgow? Wait a minute, Phil. You mean to say they put you in jail? Those weren't candy bars I was looking through. <laughs> well, for heaven's sake, why didn't you call me? I'd have had the mayor, Bitey Talcott, fix it up. He could have taken care of that. He could, eh? He was with us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I should have warned him about you. So you and the mayor have been palling around together, eh? Yeah, he thinks I'm a riot. Yeah. Listen, Phil, I know Bidey Talcott pretty well. He isn't going to fall for that corny chatter of yours. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mary. How are you, Jack? Well, Mary, here we are in my hometown. Are you enjoying yourself? Am I? Gee, everybody's been so wonderful to me. I've been out sightseeing every day. Hey, you don't have to get nervous. This is my hometown. <laughs> well, Mary, there's plenty to see here, too. Huh? You know, Jack, I even saw the house you were born in. No kidding. It's a fish market now. A fish market? Well, of all things. But they haven't forgotten you, Jack. They haven't, eh? No, they got a big sign there that says, Jack Benny born here. Fresh mackerel daily. Well, naturally, they have to advertise what they're selling What else did you do, Mary? Well, I went over to the City Hall Park to see that elm tree they planted in your honor Oh, yes, you see that elm tree? I'll say <laughs> What are you laughing at? There was a squirrel in it signing autographs <laughs> That was my uncle, Tarzan Benny <laughs> But say, fellas, you ever notice uh, what a, for a town this size how many pretty girls there are here? You're right, Jack. The girls are beautiful. How they go for me? Oh, sure. Why, they're always staring at me. Well, Phil, Marcel's hair for men is a novelty around here. <laughs> you know, so uh, stop taking bows. Say, Jack, uh, you told me that you used to be quite a ladies' man in this town. Have you seen any of your old girlfriends? Have I? Why, Don, only this morning I was walking down Washington Street... And who did I run into but Vivian Thompson? You know, when we were kids, she and I were kind of stuck on each other. You know, I used to write her notes, and we used to give each other presents. In fact, I still have a lock of her hair. You ought to paste it on, brother. <laughs> Never mind that. Vivian and I had quite a romance. Was she thrilled seeing you again? Well done. She, uh... Did she kiss you? I didn't put this lipstick on my forehead myself. <laughs> You know, to tell you the truth, I think she's still crazy about me. Well, if she's so crazy about you, why did she kiss you on the forehead? <laughs> because she's taller than I am. <laughs> That's why. What do you want me to do, carry a box to stand on? <laughs> anyway, let's not get into an argument here. I'm feeling too good. Me too. And I'm so grateful the way people here have treated me that I wrote a poem all about Waukegan. Well, that's a fine way to pay him back. <laughs> now, go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, Jack, I'm going out in the hall for a glass of water. I'm going with you, and I never touch it. Come back here, both of you. <laughs> if I can take it, you can. Now, go ahead with your poem, Mary. What's, uh, what's the title of it? Uh, to Waukegan, where Jack Benny was born in the year Never 18... mind, never mind. Read the poem. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, Waukegan, oh, Waukegan, on the shores of Lake Michigan. Michigan? Jack was born here in this place. He was very pretty, except his face. I was pretty all over. Well, go ahead. Once you were a little village, Indians roamed here to and fro. But now you are a great big city, and you gotta buy beads in the ten-cent stove. Ten-cent stove? Sure enough, honey. Well, we certainly got to Alabama fast, and... <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue, Mary. Go ahead. I like your parks. I like your streets. I like your homes. They are so neat. I like your lake. I like your boat. Your sailors really know no, their oats. So, oh, Waukegan, oh, Waukegan, we'll be sad when we are leaving. But before I go, this kiss I give... To one and all, from Mary Liv, the end. Well, it's about time. <laughs>
Mary, that was simply wonderful. Oh, Phil, do you think you can follow that with a number? Sure, Jack, I'll follow anything. I know, I've seen you on the street. <laughs> now, go ahead. Hold it a minute. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Oh, Waukegan, here am I. Did I walk or did I fly? Is this just a dream per chance? Oh, gee whiz, I forgot my pants. <laughs> Woo! Well, I'm gonna shoot him during the quail season, folks. Play, Phil. <laughs> of Washington Square played by Phil Harrison as orchestra. And I'm not saying this because it's our last program of the season, Phil, but on the level, that number was really swell. Thanks, Jack. Now, if your boys played like that every week, I'd be proud that I was a member of the Musicians' Union. <laughs> I thought they threw you out. They did not. I'll show you my membership card. I got it right here in my wallet. Oh, don't take off the barbed wire just for that. <laughs> That's a fine way to talk, Mary, after the way I've been spending money on you. I took you to Nolan's restaurant every single night this week for dinner. Yes, and I know why we always went to Nolan's. Never mind. Why, Mary? Fifteen years ago, Jack bought a meal ticket there, and he had eight punches left. <laughs> well, I can't carry it around with me forever. I'd like to take one of those punches and give it right to you, right in the nose. <laughs> Smart on the last program. (laughs) (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a special announcement to make this evening. As you all know, tonight, immediately after our broadcast, we are having the world premiere of Paramount's new picture, Man About Town. And there are a lot of Hollywood celebrities here in our audience. Mark Sandwich, the director, Dorothy Lamour, Hedda Hopper, (laughs) myself, Phil Harris. Yes, we know you're here, Phil. And incidentally, when your face appears on the screen, just applaud. Don't stamp and whistle. (laughs) You know, you're not the only one in the picture. I'm the only one with sex appeal. Well, if that isn't the hammiest remark (laughs) I've ever heard. (laughs) Listen, brother, I got more appeal than you any day, and I'll leave it to Mary. You better not. (laughs) Well, then you'll just have to take my word for it, Phil. Now, let's see, where were we? Oh, yes, in addition to our Hollywood celebrities, we also have with us several distinguished guests from Waukegan. And I'd like to present to you now an old-school chum of mine who, through hard work and diligent perseverance, has gone far in the field of politics. Here he is, folks, the Honorable Mansell Bidey Talcott, Mayor of Waukegan. Bidey, welcome to the Jell-O program. Hiya, Jackson. Are you in the groove? <laughs> what? What's that? Are you diving, kid? <laughs> oh, you've been around with Harris, all right. Well, anyway, Bidey, it's sure good to see you again, and you're certainly looking fine. How do you feel? Swell, Jack. I'm right on the boom. That's on the beam. <laughs> 
On the beam, Bidey. Well, this stuff is new to me. Oh. It's new to everybody but Phil. Say, Mayor, why don't you give out with a couple of those gags I told you? Okay, Twitch. (laughs) (laughs) The fine mayor. I couldn't even be alderman in this town. Let's see, where am I? Oh, here. Now, wait a minute, Bidey. I'm afraid... We haven't time for any of Phil's gags, but I do want to tell you how much I appreciate your coming up here tonight to take a bow. And for the hospitality you've shown the gang and myself all week, I'll never forget it. You're welcome, Jack, and believe me, that goes for the whole town. See you later. Okay, Bidey. Oh, just a minute, Your Honor. Uh, Before you leave, I'd like to ask you just one question. What is it, Don? Do the people in Waukegan eat a lot of Jell-O? Oh, just oodles of it. (laughs) Oodles? And why do all these charming people in Waukegan eat Jell-O? Well, because... Because it's economical, easy to make, and comes in six delicious flavors. That's right, buddy. And uh, what are those flavors, Your Honor? Well, there's... Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Thank you very much, Your Honor. Thank you. Uh, Yes, thanks, Bidey. What happened? (laughs) I tell you, Bidey, the plug is quicker than the eye, so be careful. Well, so long, Bidey. So long, Jack. Well, Phil, see you later. And we'll go out and cut a rug. Okay, (laughs) ma'am. He sure is a nice guy. He gave me nine keys to the city already. He carries them around like lifesavers. And now, folks, as Kenny Baker, our young tenor, was called back to Hollywood, uh, he will not be with us tonight. So for the vocal highlight of the evening, Mr. Phil Harris, the Nightingale of the South, and Miss Mary Livingston, the Plainfield Thrush, (laughs) will blend their voices in a popular little number called... uh, that must be Bidey again. Is that you, Mayor? It sure is, Buck. Open up. Well, the mayor of Van Nuys. Come on in, Andy. Come on in. Hiya, fellas. Well, Andy, I thought you'd never get here. What delayed you? Well, I couldn't find the theater. Why, anybody could have told you where the Genesee Theater is. All you had to do was ask them. Well, I ask a lot of people, Buck, but every time I open my mouth, they just looked in. (laughs) Well, your tonsils are intriguing. Uh, You know, Andy, uh, you should have been here a few minutes ago. You being the mayor of Van Nuys, I could have introduced you to the mayor of Waukegan. Oh, I know, buddy. I was over at the city hall with him all morning. Yeah, what were you doing? Oh, we just sat around and hammered with our gavels. Hey, I'll bet that was a lot of fun. Hey, Andy, have you been down to Chicago yet? There's a town you ought to see. Chicago? Where's that? Oh, Andy, you know, it's that big city with the tall buildings. You know where we change trains. Is that Chicago? Certainly. Well, doggone, Bitey told me that was South Waukegan. He would. You better be careful, Andy. The first thing you know, he'll try and sell it to you. It's too late now, Buck. I bought it. <laughs> well, you got a marvelous buy. Well, Andy, now that you're here, stick around because uh, Mary and Phil are going to sing a duet. You might as well hear it. No, I guess I'll go back to the hotel. I like to ride up and down in the elevator. Them things fascinate me. So long, Buck. So long, Andy. You know, folks, Andy's getting a terrific kick out of this trip. He's never been east before. He's never even been in a hotel before. How do you know, Phil? I walked in his room this morning and he was making the bed. (laughs) Oh, he'll get by all right. Well, how about that number, kids? Are you ready? I am. Me too. Then swing it and be good now. I want want to be proud of you tonight.
there's a gleam in your eye. Each time I straighten your tie, you'll know the lady's in love with you. If I can dress for a day without that waiting I hate, it means the lady's in love with you. And when my friends ask me over to join their table, but I pick that faraway booth for two. Well, sir, here's just how it stands. I got romance on my hands. Because the lady's in love with you. If I go deaf, dumb, and blind. And you got things on your mind. You know the lady's in love with you. If I have met your old flame. And you remember their name. It means the lady's in love with you. And Sunday night when I take you to see that movie And I say the balcony seat will do Well, sir, here's just how it stands I got romance on my hands Because the lady's in love with me was The Ladies in Love, sung by Kenny Baker, and very good, Kenny. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Hey, wait a minute. Phil and I sang that number. Oh, yes. I'm so nervous. Mary, do I know what I'm doing today? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that no wasn't in the script, folks. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, in a few more minutes, our little gang will bid you all adieu until next October. Say, Don. Oh, yes, Jack. Just imagine we'll all have 14 whole weeks of rest. 14 weeks of nice, carefree relaxation. And 14 weeks without getting paid. Yipe! <laughs> oh, I never thought of that. Say, Jack, I'm getting a little bit jumpy, are you? You mean on account of the premiere of the picture? No, Phil, I'm sure it'll go over big. Why, look at all my friends sitting out in the audience. Sid Block, Ward, Just, Mr. and Mrs. Pritchard. And there's my dad and sister. Don, look at that big smile on my father's face. Yeah, he's sure thrilled. He certainly is. I don't see him. Which one is your dad? The one in Jack's blue suit. <laughs> That's him. I wish he wouldn't put on both pair of pants, though. It's warm here. <laughs> say, Don, you know what I ought to do tonight as long as we're here in Waukegan? What's that, Jack? Well, after all, this is where I started on my musical career, and I think it's no more than right that I play a violin solo. You know... You know, my old violin teacher, Charlie Lindsay, is sitting in our audience and right there in the front row. He just moved to the back row. He did not. <laughs> and now that Charlie is here, I think I ought to play the first number he ever taught me, the glow worm. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting out of here. Charlie, come back here. <laughs> you always was a great kidder, folks. Say, Phil, let me have a violin, will you? Okay. Here you are, Jack. It goes under your chin. I know where it goes. <laughs> well, I better tune this fiddle up. Give me an A, boys, will you? Oh, just when I wanted to show off a little. I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Rochester. Oh, fine. Rochester, how many times do I have to tell you not to interrupt me in the middle of the program? Now, what do you want? Well, boss, I'm tired of being cooped up in this hotel room with Carmichael. Oh, you are, eh? I want to get out in the sun. I'm losing my tan. <laughs> Listen, Rochester. Roger, you'll just have to stay with that polar bear. He's homesick. By the way, is he standing the heat all right? Yeah, but I think you ought to feed him more. All he had for breakfast was three fish, two eggs, and a bottle of milk. Well, my goodness, isn't that enough? I don't think so. I caught him putting marmalade on the bellboy. <laughs> oh, he was just clowning. He was drooling, too. <laughs> Never mind. Now, Rochester, before I forget it, I want you to pack my bags because we're leaving for New York tomorrow. I'm going to see the Louis Galento fight. You won't get shiny pants watching that. <laughs> oh, so you're still bragging about Joe Louis, eh? Well, let me tell you something, Rochester. They don't call Galento the Iron Man for nothing. Why, he's got a chin like an anvil. An anvil? Yes. Well, Brother Louis is going to play the course on it. <laughs> oh, he is. Well, we'll find out. Now, get going, and I'll see you right after the premiere. All right. By the way, boss, how am I in the picture? You're very good, Rochester. You'll be a big hit. Now, go ahead and pack my bag. Okay, boss, I'll put a man on it right away. <laughs> You'll pack him yourself. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, Mr. Benny. Now what? I meant to ask you something. 
When we start on our vacation, does that mean I'm off salary for 14 weeks? It certainly does. You're just like me, Rochester. When I don't get it, you don't get it. When you get it, I don't get it. <laughs> now, Rochester, I don't want to hear another word about it. You'll just have to take care of... Carmichael! Carmichael! What's the matter? I got to hang up now, boss. Here comes a fat bellboy. <laughs> Between Rochester and Carmichael, I sure have my hands full. Now, let's see. Where was I? You were just about to play a violin solo, Jack. You traitor. Why'd you tell him? Mary. All right, boys, the glowworm. You know, I haven't had much time to rehearse it, folks, but I hope all my Waukegan friends will remember and recognize it. Well, I just tune up a little here. <laughs> hmm? All right, boys, give me an introduction to the glowworm, will you? Clink, clink. <laughs> clink, clink. We'll never get back in this town again. Oh, quiet. <laughs> clink, clink. Clink, clink. You can talk plainer than that, brother. Well. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Well, thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I could have done better if I had my own violin. And now for an encore, I will Hey, Jack, play... you haven't got time to play anything. Your picture goes on just a few minutes. What time is it? Oh, yes, you'll have to excuse me, folks. Come on, gang, let's all hurry out in the audience and see it. Gee, I'm excited. Oh, boy, wait till I get a load of me. You, 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 that's all you think of. Oh, stop arguing. Hurry up or we'll miss the picture. Don't worry, they won't start it without me. Where are we going to sit, Jack? Don, where do you generally sit? Come on, kids, let's go, will you? All right, everybody, let's Well, tonight we're starting out on our summer vacation, and, uh, you know, it makes us want to leave you with a suggestion that's just swell for these hot days to come. It's crisp summer salad, the dish to spruce up the tiredest appetite. You can make it with cool golden lemon jello or tangy sea green lime, and here's what you do. Dissolve one package of a jello in one pint of hot water, add one tablespoon of vinegar and a dash of salt, and chill until slightly thickened. Now... Fold in one cup each of diced cucumber, sliced radishes, and sliced young onions. Mold until firm and serve on crisp lettuce. Ah, there's a cool, invigorating salad that's bound to make you hungry. Shimmering jello, lemon or lime, with that wonderful extra-rich fruit flavor and the fresh summery color. And crisp, fresh vegetables molded firmly inside. So ask your grocer tomorrow for some lemon or lime jello and try this delicious summer salad. the last number of the last program in the current Jell-O series. And we'll be back on the air again, the whole gang and myself, next October the 8th. We have just a few minutes before the picture starts, so in the meantime, I'd like to thank my listeners for their fine support during the year, my cast for their splendid cooperation, and I'd also like to thank my authors, Bill Morrow and Ed Beloyne, who worked with me in the preparation of my material. Well, say, Jack, don't forget about our summer show. Oh, yes. Starting next Sunday, Jell-O will bring you the Aldrich family which has been a feature on the Kate Smith program during the past season. And if you've been following it, you know that Ezra Stone, as Henry Aldrich, is America's funniest teenage hero. So be sure to tune in next Sunday night. Oh, Jack, can I have a bag of popcorn to eat during the show? Now, Mary, there'll be no crunching during my picture. This is a talkie, not an eatie. Good night, folks. Thanks again, and see you next October. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 